Welcome back to our study of 2 Kings. We are in 2 Kings chapter 6 once again. We're picking it up in verse 8 and we'll be looking through verse 23. And so let's just jump right into this story of the uh, ministry of Elisha and uh, some horses and chariots of fire here in Elisha's ministry. Different from the horses and chariots of fire that took Elijah up into heaven. That's a different story. This is Elisha and a story that also involves horses and chariots of fire. Here's here's what we see beginning in verse 8. It says, Once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants, saying, At such and such a place shall be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there. And the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus he used to warn him, so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. So let's pause there. What we see is that God is telling the secrets of the king of Syria to Elisha. And Elisha is passing those on to the king of Israel so that he is protected. Right. So Elisha is warned by God about where the king of Syria is camping, right? In verse 8, this is the place that the king of Syria is going to camp. Um, and he's warring against Israel, right? So it's important for Israel to beware of where the Syrians are so they're not surprised or ambushed or whatever. And then um, the king of Syria thinks uh, that there's a spy because the king of Israel always seems to know where he is, right? So verse 11 says, And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? So who's, who's passing information to the king of Israel? Because evidently he knows all my secrets. He knows where we are all the time. So which one of you is telling him where we are? And then it says, verse 12, And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. In other words, nothing that you say is kept a secret from Elisha, the prophet of God who's in Israel. He knows everything that you say. It's not that one of us is spying uh, for the Israelites or passing them information, but that the prophet knows everything you say, and that's why the king of Israel has been protected and preserved and, and so on. So verse 13 says, And he said, the king, Go and see where he is, that I may send and seize him. It was told him, Behold, he is in Dothan. So he sent their horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Okay, so the king of Syria is warring against the king of Israel, but uh, the king of Israel always seems to know where the king of Syria is, and so on. And so um, the king of Israel is frustrated, and he finds out that it's Elisha, right, who keeps telling the king of Israel all his secrets, uh, which is preventing him from being successful against his, uh, Israel in battle. And so he says, all right, well, tell me where Elisha is. And then when he hears where Elisha is, he says, all right, go get him. He sends a great army, and uh, they... Uh, seek to surprise Elisha. Don't know why he thought that would work, right, when he couldn't surprise the king of Israel. 
But anyway, he sends a great army to surround the city where Elisha is by night. So this is a, a secret mission, right, to surprise Elisha and try to capture him. Then verse 15 says, When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So the servant of Elisha is caught by surprise. He wakes up in the morning and looks out, and what does he see? A huge army that wasn't there in the morning. They've clearly been surrounded. They've been surprised. So what are they going to do? That's what the servant wants to know. Verse 16, he said, Elisha said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now this may be the key statement of the whole story, right? Elisha says, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, the servant has looked out and seen uh, who's with them, right? Who's with the king of, of Syria, who has uh, arrayed themselves against them. It's a, it's a great army. But who is with Elisha and his servant? Because uh, Elisha says, we don't need to be afraid because those who are with us are more than those who are with him. So who is with Elisha and his servant? Verse 17 says, Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So unseen by the servant, unseen by anybody else, right? Until the Lord opens their eyes. Uh, the, the king of Syria and his army, they couldn't see this. But when Elisha prays and asks God to open his servant's eyes, what he sees that he couldn't see before is that a great army of God is on the mountain. Uh, horses and chariots of fire are there also uh, uh, in, in the presence of Elisha and his servant. And they uh, have filled the mountain, right? And they are there on behalf of, or for the benefit of, Elisha and his servant, right? This great invisible army of God. And so verse 18 says, And when the Syrians came down against him, so they're coming to try to take Elisha, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. So Elisha is not concerned at all by this great army that shows up around him in the morning, the army of the king of Syria, because he knows that God is with him and that God is for him and that the army of God that is with them is greater than the army of Syria that is against them. And when the army of Syria tries to capture him, Elisha prays and that army is struck blind. And so verse 18 says, And Elisha said to them, this is not the way, talking to the army of the Syrians, this is not the way, follow me and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. So they were in Dothan, he leads them to Samaria. And verse 20 says, as they entered Samaria, Elisha said, O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. Right, so you have the servant of Elisha, who couldn't see God's army on the mountain until Elisha prayed and his eyes were opened and he could see the, 
chariots and horses of fire. And then you have the army of Syria whose eyes were closed. They were blinded so that Elisha could lead them away from him. Right? And then they were opened when they got to Samaria and they realized they were in a completely different city. Right? And so verse 21 says, As soon as the king of Israel saw them, because that's where he is, is in Samaria. As soon as the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, My father, shall I strike them down? Shall I strike them down? In other words, have you led them here so that I can defeat them, so that I can conquer them? But he answered, verse 22, You shall not strike them down. Would you strike down those whom you have taken captive with your sword and with your bow? Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. So Elisha says, we're not going to kill them because these are prisoners of war, basically. I've, I've taken them captive and I didn't, I didn't take them captive by uh, you know, physical weapons like swords and bows, but they're nonetheless my captives and captives you don't slaughter while they're your captives. You take care of them, right? You provide for them. So he gives them food and drink. Verse 23, so he prepared for them a great feast, and when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and they went to their master, and the Syrians did not come again on raids into the land of Israel. Right, so this puts an end to the Syrians fighting against the people of Israel. Right, now let's go back to that key verse, right? That those who are with us are more than those who are with them. It reminds us uh, of of several things, right? Uh, one thing it reminds us of is that uh, John tells us, the Apostle John tells us in um, in John uh, 4.4, or excuse me, 1 John 4.4, he says, He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Right. So just like Elisha said, we don't need to be afraid because those who are with us are more than those who are with them, right, against us. In a similar way, John reminds us the one who's in us, God, is greater than the one who's in the world, Satan, who's our enemy, right? So we don't need to fear Satan, right? Because God, who is in us, with us, for us, is greater than him, right? The other thing that this reminds us of is that uh, there is an unseen spiritual realm, right? There is more to the universe than the things that we can see and touch, right? There are angels, there are demons, right? God, uh, no man can see and live, right? Until the new creation with our glorified bodies, we can be in his presence and see his face. But we can't just look out through a telescope and see God, right? We can't see angels, we can't see demons, um, and but, but they're nonetheless real, right? And so this army, this angelic host, that was on the mountain, it was real, even though the servant of Elisha could not see it until God opened his eyes. In the same way, we know, because the Bible tells us that there are angels, that there are demons, uh, that Ephesians 6 tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right, but against cosmic powers, uh, you know, demonic forces in the heavenly places, those are real. We're also told that angels are real and they work for our good, right? Hebrews 1.14 describes angels this way. It says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? So there is more going on in the world than we can see. Um, and some of those spiritual uh, forces are dark and evil, right? Satan and demons. And some of those uh, spiritual beings are 
are good and they work for the good of those who belong to God, to those who are God's people. Uh, and so uh, that's, that's an important reminder, right? Um, and with that, it's also important for us to remember that in this case, right, the, the army of uh, horses and chariots of fire uh, that were there on behalf of Elisha, right, was the reason why he did not need to fear. And the, the army of Syria that came to capture Elisha, they were defeated, right? And the way they were defeated was by God striking them blind. Well, in a similar way, we know that the spiritual forces, so Elisha had physical forces aligned against him that were defeated um, by God, right? And presumably in some way through those spiritual forces, those horses and chariots of fire. Uh, In a similar way, we have uh, spiritual forces arrayed against us, right? Satan and demons. The Bible says Satan's like a, a, pror, a, a roaring lion, a prowling and roaring lion seeking someone he can devour. Um, he wants to destroy us, right? He comes to steal and kill and destroy. Um, so there are spiritual forces arrayed against us, and that's why we're called in Ephesians 6 to stand firm and put on the armor of God and all those things. But it's also important for us to remember that uh, those dark spiritual forces have already been overcome. Right? Jesus said in John 12, as he was going to the cross, John 12, 31, he says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. So Satan has already been defeated. right? He's already been cast out. And in Colossians 2, 15, it talks about how God has triumphed over Satan and demonic powers through the crucifixion of Jesus. It says, He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him, that is, in Christ. So we don't need to fear Satan. We don't need to fear demons, right? Because um, He who is in us and with us is greater, right, than the one who is against us. Uh, God is for us. God is with us. Remember, that's one of the main um, points of of many of these stories in the ministry of Elisha is to show us that God was with Elisha, that Elisha was not on his own, that he was not doing these things by his own power, but that God was with him and that God was working through him. And in a similar way, we know the Bible tells us that God is with us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. Um, He has uh, given us his Holy Spirit. If we belong to Christ, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. So his presence is with us. he is powerful, right? And he, he uses his power for our good. He works that great power uh, on our behalf for our benefit. And so we can trust him and know that we have no reason to be afraid of those um, enemies who are against us because God ultimately will triumph, will uh, deliver us in the end, and he will always be with us. God bless.